I have really, really looked forward to preaching on this passage for some time. But at the same time, I've been dreading it. I've been looking forward to it because, as with all of God's word, it has wonderful truths for us. And and a considerable chunk of these verses are to do with marriage and family. And what God has to say here is incredibly powerful and far-reaching. Marriage and family are such personal issues. And for God to speak to us directly about such things, that's exciting. As I say, I've been really looking forward to preaching on these verses. But I've also been dreading it for a number of reasons. Uh, One, because these verses swing on the idea of submission. And as a general rule, we don't like submission. We don't like being told what to do. We don't like voluntarily putting ourselves underneath someone else. Then throw into the mix the feminist movement over the past several decades and the way that thinking has infiltrated almost every level of our consciousness. Combine feminism with our dislike for submission and when we hit verses which tell wives to submit to their husbands. And then there's the fact that for some of us marriage is a really sensitive topic. Bad marriages that have come and gone. Troubled marriages that you're right in the middle of. Put all this together and I'm scared I'm going to say things that you take the wrong way. There's a lot of baggage that we carry into these verses. So before we look at them, please pray with me. Pray that we'll be humble before this word of God, that we'll be able to hear him clearly and that we'll put our faith in him and live by what he says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for talking to us directly. Uh, and not confusingly, not, it's not hard to understand, Father. Thank you for being so clear, and we pray that you would humble our hearts, we would um, tremble before your word. Father, we would put our faith in you, we'd trust you, and for your sake we would live by what you have said. Amen. All right, let's have a look. As I said, these verses swing on the idea of submission. It comes up in uh, verse 21 of chapter 5. So we'll start there, verse 21, where the Apostle Paul says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, everything that comes before this verse is explaining why we're to submit to one another. And everything that comes after is a few examples of where we're to put this Uh, word into action. So we're first going to look at why we're to submit to one another. And for this, we need to go back to verse 15 at the start of our reading. And we'll see that Paul puts our submission into a really wonderful context. It is a very significant way in which we walk as followers of Christ. So verse 15, have a look there. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, if you were here last week, uh, you'll know very clearly that the days we live in are evil, aren't they? Uh, we live in a world, as the Apostle Paul says, that's engulfed in darkness, uh, impurity and immorality are everywhere. And so Paul says in verse 15, be very careful then how you live, or literally be very careful then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. In other words, use every occasion to see that none of us are enticed away from Christ by the evil that's around us. How do we do that? Verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, 
but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So the key to walking wisely is being filled with the Spirit. Or in other words, the key to helping each other to escape the evil around us is being filled with the Spirit. And what comes next from verse 19 is what being filled with the Spirit looks like. Because verses 18 to 21 are, in the original, just one long sentence. And what we get in verses 19 to 21 are four ways that being filled with the Spirit are expressed. Literally, it reads like this. It's the same sentence. End of verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So you see, one way being filled with the Spirit is expressed is by our submission. Can you see the really wonderful context that Paul has put our submission in? Submitting to one another is part of our spirit-filled life. Submitting to one another is part of walking wisely in these evil days. Submitting to one another is all part of helping each other to remain in Christ. And then Paul gives another great reason why we're to submit to one another. It's in verse 21 itself. Look at it again. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's a powerful motivating force for the Christian, isn't it? Out of reverence for Christ. Because we personally know the Lord Jesus, who he is in his glory and in his goodness and in his grace and in his love, because we know him who died for us, we delight in doing anything and everything he says. And as those who admire and honour and respect our Lord Jesus, when he says submit to one another, we do. Out of reverence for him. Which is wonderfully liberating. Because it means we don't have to wait for someone else to treat us right before we'll treat them right. We don't have to wait for someone to scratch our backs before we'll scratch theirs. We can submit to one another, even when it's really hard, because we do so out of reverence for the Lord Jesus. Okay, if that's why we're to submit, who exactly is meant to submit to who? When it says in verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, is that saying that we're all to submit to one another all the time. Like when God says, uh, be kind to one another, so I'm kind to you and you're kind to me. When he says, love one another, uh, I love you and you love me. So when he says, submit to one another, I submit to you and you submit to me. Does it work like this? No. Because that doesn't make sense of the word that Paul uses at all. The word that Paul uses in the original, it assumes the authority of one over another. To submit yourself is to place yourself under someone's authority, to recognise their authority over you. So, for example, I hope this doesn't happen, but when the police pull you over for speeding, you submit to their authority, they don't submit to you. It's not that everyone submits to everyone. It, it, that just doesn't make sense. And we also see this in the coming verses. Because if submission is something that we're all to do to one another all the time, 
well, then we would have the Lord Jesus himself submitting to the church in chapter 5. We'd have parents submitting to their children, beginning at chapter 6, and masters submitting to their slaves. It simply doesn't make sense of the word that Paul uses. And so when Paul says in verse 21, submit to one another, he means recognize the authority relationships you're in and submit where you need to. And what he does from verse 22 is give three examples of where these authority relationships exist to help us to see how people are to submit in those relationships. But each time he speaks of people who are to submit to others, he also addresses those who are in authority to make sure that they know what responsibilities they have. So when Paul addresses wives, he also addresses husbands. When he addresses children, he'll also speak to parents. And when he speaks to slaves, he'll also speak to masters. So let's have a look at wives and husbands. And please remember as we do, what we're looking at is the spirit-filled life. How to walk wisely in this dark world, how to build each other up in Jesus, and that out of reverence for Christ, wives are to submit to their husbands. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. In order to understand the relationship between husbands and wives, we're taking to no lesser place than Christ and the church, his people. Christ is the head of the church. The Lord Jesus has authority over the church. But it's not the authority we normally think of. Uh, We tend to think of people in power as being abusive or out for selfish gain, exploiting others to make sure they get what they want, and that is absolutely not the authority that Christ exercises. The authority of Christ is the authority of love and service and sacrifice. It's the authority of self-giving to ensure that those you're responsible for are safe and looked after. It's the authority that led Christ to die on a cross for the church. And the church submits to this Christ. Does it take humility to submit to him? Absolutely. Is it humiliating to submit to this Christ? No. Because his authority is the authority of love. And the headship of Christ is the same headship of husbands in that a husband's authority is the authority of love and service and sacrifice. Authority in the Bible is the same as responsibility. They are two sides of the one coin. You're given authority in order to fulfill your responsibilities. Husbands have God-given responsibilities and he gives them the authority to fulfill those responsibilities. And so wives are to submit to their husbands. Wives are to acknowledge the authority their husbands have been given and sit under them to help them to fulfill their responsibilities. And what is a husband's responsibility? Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Just as the headship of Christ is the same headship of husbands, the love of Christ 
is the same love of husbands. Men, if you're married or thinking of getting married, read this verse and tremble. The responsibility of a husband is to give himself up for his wife just like Christ did. As husbands, we've been given the authority to completely and totally lay down our lives for our wives. And wives, you're to submit to this authority. You're to allow your husband to give himself up for you. You're to promote his headship, his leading of you. Submission doesn't have to be a passive thing. You're to actively submit to him, help him fulfill his responsibility of giving up his life for you. Now, more on this in a bit. But what's the goal of all this? What are we husbands trying to achieve as we give up our lives for our wives? We're men. We like a goal. We like a purpose. What are we aiming for in our love of our wives? Well, again, we just got to look to Christ and to see his goal for the love, for his love for the church, because whatever his goal for the church is, that's going to be our goal for our wives. So verse 25 again, and look for what Christ achieves by his love for the church, because that's what we're going to be trying to achieve in our love for our wives. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. You see, the way Christ loved the church is to be the same way husbands love their wives. The reasons that Christ gave himself up for the church are to be the same reasons husbands give themselves up for their wives. So why did Christ love the church? Verse 25, Christ loved the church for her, for her sake. So husbands, we're to love our wives for their sake. In verse 26, Christ loved the church to make her holy. So husbands, we're to love our wives in order to see them walk in holiness. Verse 27, Christ gave himself up for the church to present her to himself, holy and blameless. So husbands, we're to give ourselves up for our wives to see them presented to Christ, blameless in him. As husbands, this is our God-given responsibility, our God-given authority to sacrifice ourselves to see that our wives remain Christian. It's the authority of love, service, and sacrifice for the Christian well-being of our wives. So, husbands, consider your actions towards your wife. In what ways are you sacrificing yourself, laying down your life for your wife? Little things like helping around the house, bigger things like leading your wife in what it means to live for Christ, reading the scriptures with your wife, praying with her, praying for her in your own time. We're to take responsibility for our marriages. If something needs talking about, don't wait for your wife to bring it up. If you have an argument, be the first one to make peace. 
like Christ took the initiative to make peace between him and the church, we're to take the initiative to make peace between us and our wives because we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. That's our responsibility. That's the authority you have to lay down your life for your wife to see her remain in Christ. And gentlemen, if you've been a husband for a few years, maybe even a lot of years, and as you look on these verses and you feel like you haven't been the husband that God's called you to be, it's never too late to change. And so lay aside your feelings of inadequacy. Stop hiding behind your busyness. Don't pretend that everything will be all right. You can just keep on doing what you're doing. Men, man up. And lay down your life. In love and service and sacrifice, see to it that your wife remains in Christ. At least once this week, just once, grab a Bible, walk over to your wife and say, let's have a read. And wives, as your husbands do these type of things for you, submit to him. He comes to you to make peace after you've had a fight. You're still hurting. Maybe you're angry. You don't want to talk, but he's come to you. He wants things sorted. Submit to him. Make peace. He asks to pray with you. Don't make an excuse. He wants to read the Bible with you. Give him a smile. He wants to talk about something. Engage with him. As your husband does whatever he can to make your eyes always focused on Christ, submit to him. Now, in verse 24, wives, you're told to submit to your husbands in everything, not just when they're helping you follow Christ. And in these verses, that's what you ought to be working on. And husbands, we're told to love our wives just as Christ loved the church, even to the point of death. That's what we're to be working on. As we've gone through these verses and you hear what we're meant to be doing, and when we ask, well, why aren't we like that? It can be tempting, can't it, to point to, point to the other, be it the wife or the husband. You know, it's their fault. So, for example, husband, why don't you take responsibility for your wife? Why don't you take more responsibility for your marriage? And the husband answers, well, because she's so domineering. If she only gave me half a chance, I would. Or the flip side, wife, why don't you submit to your husband? Well, if he took some responsibility, I would. But he never takes any responsibility. He never has the time. Someone's got to do something. Can you see that while ever we stand back and wait for the other, we'll only ever get worse and worse. But as husbands and wives take up the responsibilities that God's given them, it becomes easier for the other to fulfill their responsibilities. These verses are thrilling, I reckon, and daunting. If those of us who are married took these verses and lived by them, what a terrific transformation. Husbands treating their wives like princesses for the sake of their salvation and wives letting their husbands treat them like princesses for the sake of their salvation. But selfishness and stubbornness get in the road on both sides. But here it is. Husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. And wives, submit to your husbands as the church submits to Christ.
And wise, if I can give you just a practical word on how to submit to your husband, down in verse 33, you're told to respect your husband. So don't run him down. Don't even joke about his shortcomings. Okay, he might not be the best handyman around and he might not have the greatest memory and he might say embarrassing things. But don't you be the one to tell others about his shortcomings. Don't even joke about it. He's your husband. He has the authority to lay down his life for you. So respect him. Submit to him. As your husband loses his life for you and treats you like a princess, let him do it. Place yourself under the authority of your husband and encourage him to love you. Help him fulfill his responsibility of giving himself up for your salvation. Now look, in all this talk of wives and husbands, what do you do with these verses if you're single? A stack. You do a whole heap. Because these are the very things you ought to be encouraging your married brothers and sisters in Christ in. And if one day down the track you do get married, it's a very good thing to have thought through these things beforehand. And look, there is so much more that could be said, but we really should move on. Paul's got some more authority relationships to look at. Uh, In chapter 6, he deals with parents, children and parents. So chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So children are to submit to their parents. So if you're here this morning and you're a child and you're under your mum and dad, God calls on you to obey them. It's right. It pleases the Lord. And you're to submit to your parents as they do whatever they can to see that you keep following Jesus. Look at verse 4 again. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and and instruction of the Lord. Your dad is meant to be bringing you up in the training and instruction of Christ. He's thinking, along with mum, they're thinking through everything to try and do things in the best way possible to help you to know Jesus. And God says to you, obey your parents. And dads, note this down too, won't you? In verse 4, Paul singles fathers out. And he says, don't exasperate your children. Maybe it's because we're more prone to being overly critical. Maybe it's because we're more susceptible to provoking our kids to anger. Or maybe it's because he's just spent chapter 5 telling husbands that they're the head. For whatever reason, he says, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, of course, mums can be involved in this as well. And so, of course, we're as parents to be reading the Bible and praying with our children. But let's be even more proactive than that. Let's be talking to our kids in all of life from God's perspective. For example, tell your children why you switched that song off the radio. Explain why you discipline, not just that you do discipline them. When your kids talk to you about what the other children at school are doing, take the opportunity to chat to them about why following Jesus makes us different to other people. Teach them that all of life is about Christ. Train and instruct them in him 
in everything. Now from verse 5, Paul goes on to slaves and masters. I'm just not sure we've got time to do that right now. But in those verses again, we see that Christ doesn't abolish authority structures. Instead, he transforms people that are in them, as we've seen already. And look, I know that lots of what I've said begs a lot of questions. What if my husband or wife's not Christian? What if I'm in a loveless marriage? What if my parents aren't Christian? And a few others I can think of. Look, if there are things that I've said that have been and it's raised issues for you and you'd like to chat about them, please talk to me. Give me a ring and we'll see if we can't help each other to make sense of it all. But for now, particularly in our marriages, in the midst of our struggles and our difficulties, God's word to us today is to live in the light of what Christ is to us. And so wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives.